if the Miami Hurricanes can start doing this, then we can start to win some football games again. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available and free wherever you get your podcasts and free on YouTube. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. I want to go back to something that offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis told uh, we, the media on Monday about Miami's offense. Uh, Cause you know, the hurricanes have, uh, they, they've done a decent job moving the football, picking up some yards between the twenties. Uh, we've really seen them just step into quicksand in the red zone and we've seen Miami just struggle to convert on third downs and fourth downs. That was a big issue that they had against North Carolina. Uh, Gaddis said, quote, the issue has been creating bigger chunk plays and scoring touchdowns, he said. We've got to win the one-on-ones, Gaddis said. Broken tackles out in space. We've got to beat defenders deep. We have to win our individual one-on-ones across the board. We've got to get more out of what we're getting. So when he says we've got to get more out of what we're getting, you know, when a running back picks up four yards, but he's one broken tackle away from picking up eight yards, 10 yards, 20 yards, right? When a receiver catches a a ball that's thrown 12 yards into the air, but he can't either the timing from the quarterback wasn't right for him to pick up extra yardage or the first tackler brings him down and he misses an opportunity to get more. Um, After hearing that and thinking about it, you know, I went back and I did a little statistical deep dive, right? Looking at Miami's game so far, game logs, uh, scoring plays, uh, chunk yardage. And maybe I was kind of hoping that my hypothesis would be disproven. And, hey, they're doing a better job than I thought picking up chunk yards. No, they're doing probably a little bit of a worse job than we thought. And I think the most alarming thing is a stat out of the running game, okay? Since the Bethune-Cookman game, which, of course, was against such inferior opposition, last four games, Miami's longest rushing play, 20 yards exactly. That was by Henry Parrish against Texas A&M. Miami's longest running play in either of their past two games, the losses to Middle Tennessee and to North Carolina, your longest game on gain on the ground was 14 yards against Middle Tennessee. Didn't have anything over nine yards uh, against North Carolina this past week. Uh, major missed opportunities. And that's even from a running game that was – Productive the first three games, right? The last couple of games, um, you know, the offensive line has just not been as physical. They've also been decimated by injury this past week. And, you know, I think since the passing game was rolling so much against North Carolina, Miami did shy away from the running game a little bit. And you were down 14 nothing early in that game. So you were chasing the game. But, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, the production's been pretty alarming. But even in the previous few games, the running game wasn't getting anything extra. 
you can't dink and dunk your way to wins in the ACC. Especially not if your defense is giving up 75-yard touchdown passes every single game, it seems. It's a chunk yardage conference. You can't be bringing a water pistol to a gunfight, okay? Now, in, in the passing game, of course, the passing game really has been poor until the North Carolina game. Miami obviously did a better job creating chunk plays in the passing game against North Carolina. Uh, going back to the Middle Tennessee game, the only play running or passing of 20 or more yards in that game period was Jake Garcia's 39-yard completion to Keyshawn Smith. That was it. Um, getting yak or extra running yards, to me, the, the big factors, right, whether it's yards after the catch or, you know, a running back turning three- or four-yard gain into a 10-yard gain or more, um, a lot of it is about toughness. A lot of it is about shiftiness, right? When you think about players in space who are able to make those moves. Now, uh, a good example of shiftiness is a player who's not even arrived yet at Miami, a 2023 uh, verbal commit. If you haven't watched Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph, oh, oh my God, he's so hard to tackle. And even if you do get your hands on him, he bounces off of you like a pinball. So, yeah, Miami needs more players like that. And when it comes to shiftiness, obviously you had a lot of that with Charleston Rambo last year. And Tyler Van Dyke also had this great timing with Rambo where he was able to get the football to him, timed perfectly in space to get extra yards. And the Rooster had a lot of shiftiness last year. We're yet to see it this year from Knighton. I, I still, he doesn't look completely healthy to me. So maybe at some point, fingers crossed, we're going to get it. Um, you know, when it comes to guys who I believe have the toughness, it's a lot of it is selective toughness because it seems like Will Mallory has some of that when he wants to, because, you know, we saw him, uh, I think it was the, the catch he had against Texas A&M where he eventually got dumped on his head, uh, out of bounds, but you know, he was just fighting, muscling his way to extra yards. So I know he's capable of it. He's got that size to do it when he wants to, uh, you know, a receiver I hope we see again soon. Uh, we only saw him in that one game against Texas A&M was Jacoby George. He showed some of that shiftiness against Texas A&M, had a big catch before, you know, he injured his, I think it was his thumb in that game, and we haven't seen him since. Hopefully we see him again soon. Uh, but we haven't had, and quarterbacks timing passes is huge because with Tyler Van Dyke, we haven't seen him consistently have great timing with any of his receivers or tight ends consistently since Xavier Restrepo, who, you know, we haven't seen since the second game of the year. They had that timing down. Restrepo also has some toughness to pick up extra yards, but TVD and Restrepo had just such great timing together where Tyler always got the football to him in space to get that extra 5, 10, 15 yards on a play. So that's just so, so important uh, and, you know, when it comes to short yardage and red zone, right, which is an area where Miami has also been lacking, right? I mean, failing to convert key third downs and fourth downs was one of the huge reasons why you lost to North Carolina. And even when you got enough yards on a fourth down, Jalen Knighton coughs up just a catastrophic fumble. And it just it, the execution has been really, really tough. But we spoke with Rashad Butler yesterday, former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle. And, you know, he told us that red zone and short yardage, it's all about mentality. When you get onto that field as an offense, you're inside the five-yard line. The space is very limited. 
You just have to go out there expecting to win the play, to win your individual matchup, and just be willing, able, and ready to physically muscle your way into that end zone and to move somebody to win your matchup. Um, you know, I, I know it sounds like the most football speak type of thing, like, oh, you got to want it more than the defensive line does. But there really is something to that. Uh, Malik Rozier has told me the same thing, that when it comes to just finding more success in the running game and short yardage, it's just so much about mentality. But it's not 100% mentality, because when you talk about red zone issues, listen, some of it is coaching, some of it is creating mismatches. And, you know, uh, over the past game and the past two games, I think we're starting to identify some of Miami's larger, taller receiving targets who are becoming bigger contributors. We've got to get these guys into the end zone, trying to get open, trying to create mismatches, giving Tyler Van Dyke a big target to throw the football to. We need to get people like Will Mallory, Colby Young, who stepped up now and played so well in that drive against North Carolina, and Jaleel Skinner, who's been stepping up the true freshman tight end. A lot more opportunities for him now with Elijah Arroyo injured, and he's he's looked a little bit better with, with every play the last couple of weeks. Those guys are our biggest, tallest targets to get open in the end zone. Frank Ladson as well is a bigger guy. We need to create those mismatches, guys. We need to create those, okay? You know, another big thing that Miami is missing is starting games the way that they finish them. Offense and defense, but especially the defense, these last couple of games have just looked tense and mentally out of sorts early before finishing the game strong. Okay. Um, Miami has been outscored 34 to six in the first quarter of these past three games combined, all losses. These past three games, they've been outscored 34 to six. Um, you know, the defense, they start games so tense, they give up these big passing plays early and then they settle down, but sometimes they settle down too late, right? Miami only gave up six second half points to UNC. They did end up holding that Tar Heels offense to their lowest scoring output of the season at 27 points, um, which on paper could have been good enough to win that game. It, it wasn't, unfortunately. Uh, so after giving up 14 points in the first quarter, they gave up six points the entire second half. UNC only had a little over 100 yards of offense in the second half. So this defense is capable of being a good defense, but they need to find a way to start games the way that they finish games. And like, I'm happy that... You know, that Coach Steele seems like he does a pretty good job making second half adjustments. But, you know, these players, and because I'm not going to put it all on coaching, right? These players and these coaches need to be prepared early because instead of just taking a big shot and counter punching, they need to find a way to start on the front foot rather than getting backed into a corner early. Oh, you know what we have today? It's Wednesday, right? It is. Checks calendar. It's Wednesday. We've got the Wednesday stock report, guys. Whose stock is rising and who are we investing in for this coming week? Which Miami Hurricanes players are we buying stock in for this Virginia Tech matchup coming up? We have that and so much more, including a recruiting note coming up on this episode of Locked on Canes. So keep it locked. And guys, make sure you're taking advantage of LinkedIn jobs. Every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. If you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
you add your job to LinkedIn jobs with the purple hiring hashtag frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring, then simple tools like screening questions will make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your pods. Uh, We're going to have our stock report in a second. Uh, I do want to start looking at some of the numbers, crunching the numbers before Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, um, I say this with caution, but they have one of the worst offenses in college football. One of the worst. Not one of the worst in the ACC, one of the worst in college football. So why do I expect them to look like the 1999 St. Louis Rams on Saturday? (laughs) Are we going to see one of the worst statistical offenses? Is Miami going to make these guys look like the greatest show on turf? Right. Uh, But Virginia Tech, they enter this game 120th in the country in points per game at just 20 points per game, 20.0 points per game, 120th out of 131 teams. Okay, Uh, they average 332.7 total yards per game, which is 98th in the country. And they are 110th in rushing and 94th in passing, thanks to Kane's warning for compiling those stats. And their quarterback, Grant Wells, has uh, he's not exactly been lighting it up this year. He's got six touchdown passes to seven interceptions this season. Now, uh, Miami's coaches did speak highly of Wells, and I get the sense that, uh, and I don't think they're just saying this to sound humble, but I, I get the sense, talking with Mario Cristobal and talking with Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, that They feel like Grant Wells is capable of a lot more than his stats have shown this year. Like he's, you know, they they say he takes care of the football well. I guess that's probably in terms of of not fumbling because, again, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this year. And they they do see him as a threat. And I'm glad, right, because when when your defense has been routinely burned by passing plays of 65 or more yards, several of them these last couple of games – You don't want to take any opposing quarterback lightly, right? Because Chase Cunningham, the middle Tennessee quarterback was not supposed to be that good. And he looked like 2019 Joe Burrow against us. Okay. So hopefully we don't have Grant Wells. Hopefully we don't give him like his big coming out party this week, but certainly if you go by the numbers, Virginia Tech's offense to say that they're not very good would be generous. They are near the bottom of the country in most every statistical category. Make them look like that out there on Saturday. Yeah, you got to go into their house. You got to go into Blacksburg. It's going to be loud there. Hokey, hokey, high at Lane Stadium. You know, they're going to sing Enter Sandman. They're going to stomp their feet. At, even at 1230 p.m., it's going to be crazy out there. Uh, so try try and make that crowd quiet. That's another reason why you have to start fast. Because, you know, in the blink of an eye, Miami was down 14 nothing against North Carolina. They were down big against Middle Tennessee in the blink of an eye. Um, 
start fast in this game. And if you do start fast, you can actually give your running game, I think, an opportunity to find a little bit of a rhythm again. Let's check our stock report for this week. Uh, of course, when you talk about stock being very, very high, probably uh, not, I'm not going to say at an all-time high, but at a 2022 high, Tyler Van Dyke's stock is soaring. Tyler Van Dyke's stock is so high right now. I'm not buying it because it's so high. Uh, we like to buy low. We like to buy the dip. That's why we bought Tyler Van Dyke stock last week. Because last week, TVD stock had basically bottomed out. So we bought at the bottom and then 496 yards and three touchdowns later, we are we are counting our dividends right now. Now, of course, I want to offer, offer this disclaimer. This is not financial advice because these are not real stocks. <laughs> we are speaking metaphorically. But uh, I just wanted to let you know, Tyler Van Dyke's stock is soaring, but I am not buying because uh, we like to buy a little bit low. Now, um, this stock has gone up, but I am still buying because I think it can go a lot higher. I am buying stock in Colby Young, number 88, six foot five, first team all Dono. I was on the only thing surprising about Colby Young was that it took five games to finally see what this guy can do. You know, he had a big learning curve coming in from junior college, had a lot. He came in very late in the transfer portal. You know, he was behind the eight ball. He also, as uh, as a couple of his coaches revealed to me, he did have some minor injury issues early on in the fall that I think slowed down his progress. But Colby Young has arrived. Number 88 has arrived. This is the big target that Tyler Van Dyke has needed. Everything he did last week was on one drive, three catches, 43 yards, including a 17-yard touchdown. Um, Mario Cristobal said it. This is an exact quote. He's earning more playing time. That's what Coach said. So I think he's going to play a lot more this week, and I believe Colby Young is going to catch a touchdown pass this week again. So we are buying stock in Colby Young, okay? I am buying low on Miami's running back one, Henry Parrish. I'm buying low, uh, and I'll tell you why. And again, I hope I'm not jinxing this by saying it, but you know, we were talking about some stats for Virginia Tech's offense. How about this stat from their defense? They gave up 326 rushing yards last week. Rushing yards, that's how much they gave up to Pittsburgh. If our rushing attack can't bounce back this week, then I'm really going to start to worry. Yeah, I know we said that about North Carolina, too, that, hey, we should be able to run on these guys. We couldn't. Again, we should be able to run on Virginia Tech. If we can't, there's a problem. Uh, you know, their, their full season average rushing yards against is not nearly as bad. I think it's like 138 they give up per game, but they got just gashed against Pitt. So Miami should be able to have some success. Yes, and we know the guy who's going to get the bulk of that work is Henry Parrish Jr. So we are buying stock in Henry Parrish. Now, for the second straight week, I am buying Jaleel Skinner stock. Similar to Colby Young, this one's on the up and up. Little by little, the true freshman tight end is looking more comfortable each week. And again, tight end two now. He's got an increased role with Elijah Arroyo being injured. Skinner caught three balls for 40 yards last week. He had one catch and should have been a touchdown the game before. So his workload is steadily rising. I'm definitely buying Jaleel Skinner stock. Um, man, I don't know if you guys are going to like this one. <laughs> I'm preparing for angry comments. I'm bracing myself for angry comments, but 
I am buying stock and I'm buying low. I'm buying stock in offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. <laughs> he showed me last week willingness to adapt, calling plays, and also tempo that Tyler Van Dyke was more comfortable with. So his stock is obviously very low because when you put Josh Gaddis's offense in the red zone, you might as well be putting them in front of a brick wall. That's how it's gone. But when you're this low and you're showing some signs of progression, I think Miami's going to do better in the red zone this week because it looks like it looks like they're slowly identifying answers to the questions that we had for the first several games. So I'm going to be buying low on Josh Gaddis because at least at least he's showing me some adaptability, right? He's not completely pigheaded like Mark Richt was, for example. The plays are the plays. The philosophy is the philosophy. He would not adapt anything for his offensive personnel. I know it felt that way for the first few weeks with Gaddis, but I saw some adaptation last week. I'm thinking it's going to continue. I am buying stock in the offensive coordinator. And on defense, oh, man, I, I know that this isn't exactly buying low, but it kind of is because the headlines around this young man have been too quiet. I am loading up on Akeem Mesidor stock. <laughs> Akeem Mesidor, like, I don't have to tell you he's playing well. Like, every Miami fan knows he's playing well, but you may not realize how well he's playing. He has quietly graded out as the number three edge rusher in the entire country per PFF. He has an outstanding 90.1 grade. Akeem Mesidor, one of the best defensive players in the country, so I am loading up because I believe his stock is undervalued. Like we know he's good, but you don't realize how good he is. I'm buying a Keen Mesidor stock and I'm always buying Daryl Jackson stock. You know, that that's someone again, he, he is, he's been creating big time plays and with his six foot six wingspan and athleticism playing defensive tackle, that's never a bad investment. Neither is Leonard Taylor. Like, Leonard Taylor, like, the, the secret's been out on him for some time. Uh, I don't feel like Leonard Taylor is ever a bad investment because when I talk about wanting to buy low and not necessarily buy high, one of the risks at buying, like, really, really high would be a regression because, you know, I, I don't think TBD is going to throw for 500 yards two weeks in a row. So there's going to be hopefully a little bit of regression there statistically that'll still come with a victory. With Leonard Taylor, I you're probably not going to get much regression on him, so keep loading up. Keep loading up on that Leonard Taylor stock. And that is the stock report for today. And as always, unlike your uh, your neighbor down the block, Louie, who's got that hot stop tick, like, hey, bro, come in, come in. Telling you, you may not have heard of this one, but you got to buy Disney. I don't know if you know, they make children's movies. They got theme parks. They saw corn dogs and pretzels at the theme. They got a mouse with ears who walks around hugging your children. You got to buy stock. Like, no, this is not real financial advice. But keep an eye out for these players this weekend because I think the guys that we talked about could have big games and really, really nice games against Virginia Tech. Got an interesting recruiting note when we come back. I hope every player Miami is recruiting has the same attitude that this guy has, okay? And uh, Tyler Van Dyke, he spoke about his comfort last week inside the offense. So we will get to that and more right after we talk about Built Bar. Have you tried the puffs yet? Oh, 
I eat one or two every day. If not, if you haven't tried them, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. I love the delicious, indulgent cookie dough puff. It's my favorite. I buy them like three boxes at a time. They're covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks in them. And of course, yeah, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Once you look at the macros chart for Built Bars, you're so spoiled because nothing else compares. Run to Built.com, snag a box for you and your family. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They're so good. What's great about Built is all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just want to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar, guys. So ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar, and grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use my promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. We are Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tyler Van Dyke uh, clearly felt more comfortable in the offense this past week. I, I think some of that was um, his bouncing back from adversity. I think he knew it's now or never because if I don't perform this week, I may not be the quarterback after this. Uh, but I think a lot of it had to do with the tempo, right? He said... Um, I felt like we were the better team. He said, we just have to execute better. That comes down to players, he says. So he's going out of his way not to blame coaching. He says, we have all the faith in all the coaches. We just have to execute better. We made a step in the right direction in the past game. Have to run and pass well at the same time, he said. Thank you. Thank you. All I want is balance, right? A good balance, he says. Just have to come back and move on to Virginia Tech, build on those positives, and get rid of the negatives. I love balance. Like, okay, it, it's great. And somebody asked us this question in the mailbag the other day. It's like, uh, like, why aren't Canes fans ever happy, right? When we're not running the ball, they want to run it more. When we're not passing it, we want to pass it more. I just want balance, right? Instead of throwing for 496 and running for 42, um, how about throwing for 300 and, and running for 200? It's like, is that too much? Like, I just want balance because that's how you win football games. You win football games with balance. And the offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, said the same thing, that he's like, you don't win in major college football when you're attempting 50 passes a game. Like, you need to have more balance to win football games. So I love that from TVD. And Van Dyke, um, he said that uh, that they were using basically the same plays last week, but it was about e executing. But he did add, tempo really helps us get going. Think less play ball first of all it's very clear from these past two years that Tyler Van Dyke is better when the tempo is moving we know that about Tyler and it does gives you it gives you advantages as an offense right because you know you've got a quarterback that plays better when he's in rhythm and when you're in rhythm and you're moving in tempo it creates more chaos for the defense right the defense has less time to think you can catch them off guard so the tempo just works so much better for these guys. 
Um, there was a cool uh, note on a Miami recruit. This was shared by Kane Sport. Uh, Gary and Matt Shodell and the guys do an awesome job there. Um, about Robert Stafford. They spoke, and by the way, um, every every home game, when I check who's in the recruiting section and in the recruiting tailgating tent pregame, I see Robert Stafford, the four-star cornerback. I see him at every home game. This guy looks completely invested, right? Like if you're wondering, oh, is anybody going to flip? If somebody flips, it's not going to be Robert Stafford. <laughs> that dude, that dude is fully bought in. Uh, he's he's at every single game, right? Uh, he said, "quote I really don't think it will take long for Miami to be back. The most is two or three years." He said. Um, Stafford says a good indication of where things stand come from a message he got from safety Cam Kinchins after the game. He said, quote, Cam just told me that you have to trust the process and it'll get right. You know, he talked about the UNC game. It was a pretty exciting game. And what Miami did well was just keep fighting. He said when they were down, they kept going and the Miami fans kept cheering for them to the end. He said. Coach Cristobal was just saying that we're, this is about uh, his recruiting class. He spoke with Cristobal and Jamila Dye. Coach Cristobal was just saying that we're the start of the new build of bringing the U back, that this new recruiting class he's recruiting, we're the new start coming together. He said, Coach Adai, he was just telling me about how I need to be ready to come in and try to earn a starting spot. He said, that's one of the reasons I committed. I have a real chance of doing that. So, yeah, I hope that every current verbal commit and any potential verbal commits all have that attitude, right? That they see the vision for the future, right? Miami's not winning games right now, but they see the opportunity to win within the next two or three years. And some of the best high school players in the country at a number of different positions, if you're a cornerback, if you're a wide receiver, especially, you've got an opportunity to come to Miami and earn a starting spot pretty quickly. So that's a little bit comforting. Want to send a huge shout out and thank you to everybody who takes time out of your day to listen to or watch Locked on Canes. Remember to make Locked on ACC your second listen. And I do every Thursday show with Candace Cooper. She's on every day, of course. I do the Thursdays with Candace. She takes you around the ACC in 30 minutes or less. We will talk to you. You know what, guys? We're going to have a two-episode day today because we're going to track down our guy, John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated, talk some more Miami recruiting. So be on the lookout for probably around a 5, 5.30 p.m. drop later today on Wednesday for a recruiting episode right here on Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.